You're listening to Campfire Conversations, brought to you by Three Rivers Land Trust, committed to conservation. So we decided that curse words in the Bible are cool for podcasting. I think that's a general rule. Yeah, I just, I mean, we've done like 30 of these, and I'm pretty amazed that, you know, we don't cut it or do any edits, really. Not really, because we don't know how. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we've never had to, like, stop one or cut one because of a non-biblical cuss word. So we're, yeah. doing, we're doing pretty trying good. Trying not to, trying to keep it. Family P- show. Yeah, PG. Mm-hmm. PG. That's right. That's in that PG-13. What's, what's PG-13? That's, is that teenager? I think PG-13 can have cuss words and maybe, like, some explicit content. Just, like, nothing, like, PG's too... PG's, like, cartoon, right? I don't know. I have no PG idea. PG now, no. PG used to be, like, cartoon. Okay. And now it's, like, you know... Stands for parental guidance, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever. Who cares? Um, let's talk about... Let's talk about our, uh... Our dove hunt. Just leading into it. The... Let me talk about how tired... I am. So, starting dove season opened on Labor Day, which was a Monday this year. So, all leading up to that. That's uh, a drink. All leading up to that, Sam and I were prepping prepping the fields and getting gear together for this thing. And, and then Sunday evening, prior to Labor Day, we met up. To camp out and get the final touches on everything and I'm gonna tell you what sleep was not had for me opener before dove season is like Christmas anyway so I don't get much sleep I'm too excited I'm just even if it's even if I know it's not gonna be that great of a hunt it's just it's ringing in my favorite time of year fall hunting season everything's gonna be better for the rest of the year because I've got something to look forward to but the thing was we decided to hammock camp and brought our hammocks to hang up in the barn I do not like sleeping in a hammock I'm just not about it thoughts on Sam, I like it Sam sleeps great in a hammock yeah I do there's here's early hot tip today okay um, right now is a great time to hammock camp because at nights it's like 68 degrees uh, any colder than that, and you're going to need some sort of insulation layer between the hammock fabric and your body and your sleeping bag, or you're going to freeze. And I know that from experience. Yeah. Well, um, sure. So right now you can get out there, just bring your summer bag or your whatever, sleep, just throw it over the top of you, and you're going to be comfortable. Once it gets down into, like, the 50s, bring, like, your sleeping pad and put it inside your hammock, um, and then string it tight. I, if you if you're stringing it loose, oh, it's got to be tight. Oh, if you're stringing it be, loose, you're you're a fool. You need to feel like it's about to rip when yeah. you when you're uh-huh. done putting Agreed. it. Agreed. Yeah. If it's Agreed. not, if you don't feel like it's like rubber band tight, it's not tight enough. Can you can you sleep on your back? So yeah, but not. I like. I'm a side sleeper. Um, but I slept on my side in the in the hammock. I sleep on my. I side sleep on my side too, and I have my knee and my kind of like mm-hmm. butt pressed against either end of the the walls. Yeah, I'm kind of kinda di- diagonal to get some of that pressure of mm-hmm. the cocoon feeling off of me. Yeah. So I kind of get diagonal because that hammock. I got the double one, so it's yeah. easy for me to stretch out. That yeah. If way. you're also running a single, you're you're a fool. And if you ever try, <laughs> if you ever try to sleep two in a double, you're also a fool. Yeah, double is really just for one regular yeah. size person. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But anyway, so we didn't. We got these things strung up, and Sam and I were talking. You know, we're twenty feet apart, stretched out in these spans in the in the barn. Let's back up. Oh, oh, you want to back up? Let's to the, back up. Okay. So we Go ahead. we um we got into a serious cornhole. I don't know that I've ever played a harder game. A harder six games. Six games. Yeah, I mean, we were up till we were up till one o'clock yeah. playing cornhole, yep. and you took an early lead. Early lead. Yeah. Like I did. you were up like two zero games. Yep. You were up three to one at one point. Yeah. And I pretty much. I, I, I said I said to you, 
gloves are off. We had been we had been on the same sides the whole time, and I said, "Look, I think your side is the better side, <laughs> and I'm willing to stake my reputation on this. If you can beat me again, switching sides, then I will admit on the podcast that you are a better cornhole player than me." Yep, that's exactly that was what, what the was stakes saying. were. And I had to go and bust. And you, yeah, you blew it. Yeah. So uh, we got a three-three tie, and, and we've uh, not proven anything. TBD. Yeah. We're, we're. I'm pretty sure that we're equal players in the cornhole realm. I mean, it got heated. And even what confirms it is the following Saturday, our next round of cornhole tournaments, when we had partners yeah. play with us, we learned. Well, you already knew, but we learned a couple things. Steely's a ringer in She's cornhole. Good. But John Henry's also very good at cornhole. It was, I mean. And the problem is, the problem was me and you. We were the weak links for a while. Oh, I think we, I think we turned up the heat there towards the end. But I'm just like, I felt like I was not pulling my I think weight. you were the weak link, probably. Well, I was on the losing team the most. <laughs> yeah, I was on the losing team the most. I don't know why. Like, apparently it's me, I guess. I don't know. I, I mean, if we're the same, and we do, we shoot very similar. We have the same toss, that's mm-hmm. for sure. But anyways, cornhole. So we're up to one o'clock. Um, the thing about our dove hunt is, both days we open the gate at five a.m. and at four a.m. there's a line of cars already at the gate. Oh, can I talk about Monday opening the gate? Well, but before you get to that, I want to get to. I want to talk about since we're on sleep. I want to talk about yeah. this because I know you're going to bring something up. I'm definitely going to talk about but, that. So one o'clock, we've got to get up at alarms are set for four. Yep. So we shouldn't have stayed up so late, but it was so heated that we couldn't go to. I, yeah. And then by the time we were like, we got to go to sleep. Uh, we were both we both worked up a sweat playing mm-hmm. cornhole <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and uh, getting the hammocks. And I'm trying to get to sleep, and we'd be laying there and talking for a little while. And it would get quiet, and I'd be getting ready to go to sleep and getting close. And then I'd hear Cody move and then say something like, God, I love dove hunting. It'd be like, it'd be like, it'd be quiet for like five to ten minutes. I'm getting real close to going to sleep, and then Cody would say something like, Gosh, I just love shooting doves. And then it would start back up on talking about how much he loves to shoot doves. Yep. So. Uh, so that I guess that can lead into where but you're where I you're felt going. Like we were in mid conversation. Mm-hmm. We like you were talking back to me at one point. Yeah. And then two seconds later, I hear you snoring. I'm like, what? He, it's like you just turned it on. Turned it on like flipped the switch and you were out. And yeah. when I say snoring, I can't describe. It was like an army barracks <laughs> full of dudes, except it was just me and Sam, <laughs> and I wasn't asleep. And between Sam snoring and the mosquitoes that were like trying to get at my face, I just couldn't do it. I could not, could not fall asleep. I tried for an hour and I was just, I gave it up. And went and built a fire and yeah, I just happened. Hung out. I just happened to wake up at three forty in a complete stupor, <laughs> and uh, and kind of stumbled my way out of the hammock and was walking to go pee and. Cody and like scared the crap out of me because I didn't know Not Cody on was, purpose. I didn't realize Cody was out of his uh, out of his tent. Never got or never got into his hammock. Never slept. And I wake up and like I'm stumbling over there to go pee. And Cody's sitting by a fire. He's like, "What's up, man?" <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just sitting with the dogs, ready to go in your camo. Yeah, well, I was already ready to go. I yeah. already changed clothes. Uh-huh. I was I was ready to go. But uh, that leads up to going to open up the gate. Yeah. On Monday. So I pull up there to the to the gate to open it up. I've never seen a line of pickup trucks. I wish I'd filmed it. it we should have filmed it. It was we'll the do coolest, it next year. It was the coolest thing. When I opened that gate and turned around and came back down, the line of trucks that followed me stretched for a mile and a half. <laughs> it was just not a mile. And a half. Dude, it was a long way. It was a long way. It was a it was long, a... long line. And this is at this is at five a.m. on the dot. Just, I mean, it was a quarter mile line of pickup trucks. It was twenty five trucks, at minimum. Yeah, minimum of yeah, twenty five. At five trucks. in the morning, 
just everybody raring to go dove hunting. So. And everything everything went smooth. Uh, everything was well organized. But, yeah, I should have filmed. I should have filmed that because it was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. It, it every, felt like opening day duck season in Texas or something. It was, it, you was know? Just, it was cool. It was cool. So, apparently, I'm not the only one that just loves dove hunting. You know those videos where um, – isn't it in Texas where like they open up like you have, you can put your boat in at certain oh, WMAs uh, yeah, and stuff? Arkansas and Louisiana is big on that. Yeah, what's the, what's that called? Is there a name for that? Uh, well, they've got it where you, so you can't leave the you can launch your boat, but you can't take off and go out into the WMA until four. Yeah, four o'clock. So they have like all these game wardens lined up, and there'll be like it's like that, like twenty five oh, boats in race. the water, and then. The game wardens will back off at 4 o'clock, and it's just a race. And that's kind of how it was for this. I mean, it, people were driving in, parking their cars, getting registered as fast as they could, and racing down to where we were shuttling people to get first. I mean, there was races. People were running. Oh, there, were, there were foot races. People there were, were definitely, people there were, were definitely dark, in the dark foot races. People were running to spots Yep, it was uh, at 5 in the morning. It was exciting. It was exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. No. But uh, everybody was, everybody was happy. It, it's just it's just fun to be around that kind of that kind of people that early in the morning. Yeah. But yeah, they uh, they showed up and we had uh, what I would classify as an average dove hunt over a pre- prepared dove field. Yeah. On Monday, um, not not super crazy good, but not bad either. Just everybody got some shooting in for the most part. Um, Several double-digit numbers of birds were put up by hunters. It's um, a handful, yeah, yeah. a handful. Uh, um, you, uh, we, we obviously we stayed all day till the very end, making sure everybody was there and stuff. So we, we were the last people in the field, and a lot of people had left and stuff. So we ended up doing, you know, towards the end, getting. Yeah, the flat, we didn't hunt that morning, really. Real, I mean, not we're really. Too busy. I did. Mm-hmm. We were kind a little of, bit. I didn't get to hunt really. I mean, I tried to up there, just out of the dove field, catching birds that made it out, but that didn't happen. Yeah, we, me and Steely, after we got done, you know, facilitating everything and making sure everybody was in a good spot, went and sat up on a telephone pole up in the beans. We weren't even in the field, but got some, you know, like you said, some stragglers coming by and stuff. So, yeah. um, that leads into my my next point that I want to bring up. So go for it. It was, yeah, it was an average hunt, but last year, I mean, last year was unbelievable. Yeah. Was. So there's people that have heard about last year, and that's one thing that I want to I want to talk about is the feeling of a little bit of frustration that I had and you had um, that morning when some people are, I hate to say it, but complaining a little bit. About not getting up, of them, not sure. getting more shots, and those folks were there last year and, and saw what it's been like, and we hadn't changed anything other than made a few areas better. Yeah, than the year before. Um, maybe I've changed a crop or two. But what that leads into, really, in the point, the main point that I wanted to say was your response, and then your verification of that response. So, people, if anybody was like, "Have y'all even been seeing birds?" Like, you know, saying stuff like that. Which I mean, Cody and I have been working especially Cody has been working really hard on these fields trying to make them really nice and I mean what you would say to them which cracked me up uh, immensely was do you think you want doves here more than I do yeah that was my I answer. like dove I like in quotes I like dove hunting more than anybody here yep I mean that was my answer to them yeah and uh, they would be like oh and then I'd be like look all I can do is plant it and manipulate it legally and do the very best I can at that. If that doesn't bring them in, or they brought, it did, but the thing was it did bring them in. We just had poor weather leading up to opener, and so we lost a bunch of birds. So we're going to talk We're gonna talk more about that, but I think the theme that I'll keep bringing up is you saying, do you, <laughs> do you like dove hunting more than, you think you like dove hunting more than me, or you want doves here more than me? Yeah. Yeah, that, that was my answer. And then, so, <laughs> so you ended up shooting. You ended up scratching out like thirteen. On I got thirteen day. on opener. Um, I shot nine or ten. Um, my neither of our ratios. We were talking about ratios last episode of shots to bird ratio. 
neither of ours were very good. Well, let me, was, so let me explain that a little bit, or at mm-hmm. least why I think it. Oh, I, how yeah, I think I, it mm-hmm. works. So you're gonna have if you're a decent shot, and by decent I mean average, or even above average. The better location you're sitting in, the better your ratio should be, because you're gonna have birds that are in range, easier to hit, better shots. If you're not in a good spot, your ratio is going to be lower because you're expending more shells, shooting longer distances, you know, may have to double tap birds to knock them down, whatever. You're not getting those good, easy close-ups. So Sam and I, the first day, we were not in good spots really ever. We were, we were on the outskirts of good spots. Which is, I mean, which is fine. Which, which is how it should is, be because, yeah. um, you know, we've had these people that have come and, and supported the land trust and we want to put them in the, and in we, the spots. And that's exactly what we did. Yeah. That's exactly what we did. But. Oh, go ahead. You, I, you know what? I don't even want to jump ahead. No, I'll, I'll, I'll go to that later because we have so much to cover in between then and now. But, yeah, we sh- ended up shooting some doves, had some. Um, and the afternoon was great. I think a lot of people in the morning didn't shoot very much. And um, a lot of people after lunch were like packing their. It was stuff. hot. I mean, it, it was, was hot. Super hot on Monday. It was hot. Humid. Um, a lot of guys just had all they wanted. And people were packing up, and I pretty much walked around to everybody and was like, "Look, we've been scouting these fields, and they've been pretty good in the evenings." Um, at four thirty, yeah, four thirty in the afternoon, it's going to start getting good. So I would stay. You know, you can leave and come back and. Whatever, not many, I mean, of the people that left, not many came back. So we had 25 or 30 in the afternoon, and the hunt was great. Yeah, everybody shot a yeah. significant number mm-hmm. of birds, enough for a meal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the evening hunt was good. And then, what was your, uh, what would your, you ate all your doves together in one fell swoop, right? From Monday. Yeah. yeah. So my Monday birds, I did uh, kebabs mm-hmm. with the first batch I marinated in teriyaki mm-hmm. with mushroom, peppers, green peppers, um, let's see what else, onion, dove, I think. Teriyaki, of the doves that I prepared this season, that was my least That was my least favorite one, and we'll touch on the others later. Yeah. Well, that, that's basically how I fixed mine. Um, the only difference is, is my marinade, I used, uh, used Dale's for my marinade, Dale's sauce. Um, and get it at the grocery store, and then I smoked mine. So my kebabs got smoked for an hour, and then finished off with a flame broil just to get a little crunch. And I put bacon on my mm, kebabs. Too. Nice. Yeah, so, mine were mine were grilled like five minutes on each side, maybe six, probably closer to six, just to get them up to that medium range. And, um, thirteen. Not really. Not really much about that medium rare for doves. I kind of like them a little. Thirteen bit doves make five, twelve inch. Basically, where, that's basically where I was at. Yep. Five twelve inch kebabs that, when paired with a side like mashed potatoes or something, it's a pretty darn fine meal. Well, that's what I like about kebabs is you don't have to even make a side because you've got the veggies. You know, if you want a meat veggie combo, I like um, I like potatoes and then I like some garlic toast or something with yeah. it. Mm-hmm. But just to make it a little more filling and to make your kebab last a little longer. But, yeah, yeah that's the good thing about a kebab is that's a whole meal yeah, you know, on a stick mm-hmm. virtually. But I also like a kebab better than you see people make the poppers where they just have the dove breast and they put cream. Oh, and I do cream cheese on my kebabs too. Mm-hmm. I put that inside my jalapenos. But you see them do a jalapeno, cream cheese, dove breast, wrapped in bacon. bacon with a toothpick. Yeah. That's time-consuming as all. So that's why I like the kebab. You do all that, but you can do a whole bunch of them on one stick. Yeah. And then the toothpick, you know, on a toothpick, they wind up burning up. If you soak your kebabs in water or yeah. seasoning or whatever, mm-hmm. then you're good to go. Yeah, and um, I guess the one, one thing that is a little frustrating with the poppers is just, like, getting your bacon right. You know, especially on the grill. If you're trying to not, not overcook your doves, you're yeah, going to have, your have undercooked bacon. Yep. Or if you cook your bacon to eatable levels, then you're going to have overcooked dubs. Yeah, that's so. another good... But I had bacon to my kebabs, but what I found with smoking is, is everything gets done, your yeah. bacon just is still chewy, so then you hit it with the flames and crunch. Your bacon gets crunchy, but your dove's still rare yeah. on the inside. Yeah, that's, that's the way to do it. So, uh, Moving to Saturday hunt. Yeah, Saturday. 
So Friday. Yeah, same deal. We got up there Friday. Um, had four thirty or so. Yeah, just got everything geared up. We went and shot a couple of doves on another field prior to getting up there. Yeah, um, different property. I don't know, mm-hmm. do- half dozen, dozen, I don't seven, even seven. Mm-hmm. Um, just you know, just for an hour, something to do. And got up there and got set up, and and then we decided we were going to cook those um, over open coals, cowboy style. Which is something I've not done with Dove before. <laughs> cut persimmon. We cut persimmon. Yeah, I'll say who was there. It was you, me, Steely. Yeah. And then your buddy John Henry, John who's Henry. been on the podcast. Yeah, he, probably came listening. he came to help us. He didn't make it in time for supper. John Henry, if you're listening, thank you for all your help, man. Yeah, um, did a great job. Yeah. And oh, let me camp on John Henry. Oh, oh, let me talk yes. about uh-huh. what, made, yeah. what made Monday for me was John Henry brought his little girl. She's five. And she had the most fun. Like, I remember when I had that much fun going hunting with my dad. Toting her BB gun. Toting her BB gun, just interested in everything. We got her in the pokeberry patch and had purple pokeberry all over by the time she was done. She was, I mean, it was so funny. She's like, let me see your dove. Is it bigger than my dove? You know, what's his name? Just had a ball. And she loved it. And she's going to be a conservationist at some point for sure but anyways he brought his little girl he didn't he helped us kind of orchestrate things on saturday and so she got left behind that day because he was kind of working helping us out so yeah he drove up and helped us and camped with us that night and uh on the night of saturday but missed the meal so let's talk about that meal real quick so we dressed those birds and cut persimmon limb skewers persimmon because it was the closest tree that we could use for a skewer that you could eat off of the other close tree was a cherry and you don't want to be eating you know cherry for multiple reasons one being it's got a poison in it that'll kill you but so we got persimmon skewers and debarked them got the doves dressed Sam had picked up some uh, Montreal steak uh, grill seasoning, just dry rubbed them. And we I had this fire going and we let it burn down to nothing but the hottest coals that's you can key. think of. No flame, just hot, hot coals. That's, that's, another, that's another hot tip, early hot tips today. If you're, if you're camp cooking over an open flame, don't even home. start cooking until you've had a fire going for an hour and a half. Yep. And then just don't put more wood on it. Don't put more wood on it and just, you're going to need like that screaming, like glowing 500 degrees. 500 degree orange embers and and just stack them up and then cook over the top of that. Yeah. And And that's what we did. That's what we did. Sam pulled a pallet over to kind of wedge the the skewers in so he could get a good, get them like four inches off the coals and get a good rotisserie going. They were done in what, 10 minutes? 15, 10 or 15, 10 or yeah. 15 minutes. They did a few things that I think were key. Um, kept them rotating. Mm-hmm. So I was rotating them over those coals. And then two, I did a flip. So I pulled, oh, that, I pulled I forgot about that. all that, that was the key. individual breasts off the skewer, flipped them, and rotated them. So the one that was facing north. Furthest to the, the outside. On the furthest to the outside. I not only gave it a 180 flip so the hot side was facing the other direction, but I put it on the back of the skewer mm-hmm. instead. So it gave everything a full flip so that everything got, you know, a decent amount of cook um, all the way around. And, uh, yeah. Some of the best doves I've ever eaten. I, mean, was, I mean, seriously. The, for no marinade. I mean, nothing. I mean, it was just primal. But I don't know if it was just because I was hungry or because they cooked it over... Cold. I don't know why, but they were just they were extremely good. They were crunchy enough on the outside that you got a little bit of potato chip like crunch, but on the inside they were medium rare and still had some juice in them and kind of had picked up a little bit of that persimmon flavor. They were just they're just good. What a fun way to cook them! Just I've good. never done it like that. Before. No, but I will do it again. I will too. Yeah, it was a great great way to camp. And then we cooked. Uh, oh, this oh, is well, tell, tell, them what, tell them what you said. So I cooked them up. The same thing I cooked for uh, 
for the guys when they came on the woodcock hunt last year. I cooked them up a camp stromboli on my camp stove. Yeah, and we'll give a we'll give a free little advertisement to Duck Blind Bistro. Um, yeah, those little pans are. Gah, I can't tell you. They're just they're amazing. Yeah, what I said to Cody was, I get it now. Your meal was better than mine <laughs> on your guided trip because I had, that stromboli was unbelievable. It's unreal that yeah. you can make that. So we had a dove appetizer with a deer. What was it? Deer I deli had, meat. I had deer deli meat that I had made, uh, store-bought pepperoni, store-bought mozzarella cheese, and then uh, canned uh, marinara sauce. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, you just uh, – the little pan, You just it's like a little Dutch oven type deal, but you can cook on any type heat with it, and it cooks. So I had my – the whole stromboli was done in 12 minutes. I mean, it's done and ready to eat. Yeah. So, yeah, fed three people. Works out great. That yeah, was awesome. But uh, so that's what we did for supper, and then played another crazy rounds of cornhole, and got up the next morning and did it all over again with the dove hunt. That was another one a.m. Yeah, maybe two. It was late. It was late when we got done. Now, that was a mistake. That was too late. Um, <laughs> everybody was. Tired. I was so tired, and everybody was already tired anyway. And I yeah. just compiled it. Um. But yeah, the hunt the second day was again average, probably even less shooting than the first day, as to be expected. Speak for yourself. Um, except for Cody, <laughs> and that's where this is where I wanted to get to. So it it makes Cody sick, almost physically ill, <laughs> to watch people miss doves when they're easy. When they're to watch to be out there and he's not shooting, and somebody else is shooting, and you, I'm not a good host. You pretty much just decided, enough's enough. I'm gonna go put myself in the center of the field, (laughs) in the hottest spot, and so I'm like I'm, I took everybody out to the fields. Got everybody in a good position. Wanted them to do their shooting. I, I, I went I was into there giving my safety brief. I went into the woods for like an hour during prime shooting and took a nap in my hammock. Like I wasn't even, I didn't even have my gun near me. I was not shooting. And then get up from my nap, um, walk around, load a backpack full of waters, cold waters, and walking around the field taking waters to people, making sure they're having a good time. I didn't even know where you were. <laughs> and I start walking around to everybody in the field. I mean everybody in the field and all that anybody can talk about is I was like how, how y'all shooting y'all getting some shots up and they're like well we're getting a few but uh there's this guy in the middle of the field with these brown dogs and he he ain't missing <laughs> he's killing everything <laughs> and, they're, and that's all anybody can talk about. I'm serious 75% of the people in the field all they can tell me was that guy in the middle of the field with the brown dogs is shooting all the doves. And it was Cody in the middle of the field just cleaning up. And it wasn't like I reserved the spot for myself. So John Henry had gotten and the spot. And John Henry, yeah. He'd gotten the spot. And I was like, I, where I was at, I wasn't getting any shooting. I was like, hey, man, you care if I come down there and sit with you? And he's like, sure, come on. So it just worked out for me. <laughs> I mean, it worked out. I was going to read you. Did you give him a choice? I asked him. Now he'll probably say no. I had no choice, but whatever. Do you have yeah? Do you have a text conversation between you and him? No, I've got a text. This is from somebody on the dove hunt that just had my phone number. He says, he says, uh, what did he say? I told him I was leaving because I left at noon to go home and look after Boone. He said, "Great, now we'll get a chance to shoot some birds. Now that the dead shot's leaving, remind me to never sit down bird from you again." <laughs> <laughs> Which was funny, I thought. But, no, it wasn't that I was killing everything. I just killed everything that came by me. <laughs> Your ratio was good and, the second day. And John Henry, I mean, just as equally good. I mean, if they were on his side, they went down. If they were on my side, they went down. Yeah. But what made my morning that morning, and I didn't even shoot as many birds as I did on Monday. But what made my day was, so, Danger, my young dog, we I had shot a bird. This is after we had moved out of the good spot. We actually moved just because I got to feeling guilty. 
I was like, eh, maybe we should move and let these let some of these other guys get up in in here and get some. So we backed up into the and plus it was getting hot. So we backed up into the shade. And I'd shot this bird like way downtown and it sailed over into the far hedgerow on the far side of the field, right next to this other guy who was sitting over there, but he didn't see it because he was shooting at the bird that was following it. Well, it hit, I don't know, 15 yards from him in the hedgerow. So I took the dog and sent my young dog, put her on a line and sent her over there. Well, the bird, I saw the bird. The bird got up and flew out of the hedgerow on the back side. Well, my dog took off after it. Now, I couldn't see anything after that, but I had, I don't know, probably a dozen folks that were sitting on that side tell me the story later because they were wanting to know which dog it was that done it. But apparently this bird was flying, I don't know, five, six feet off the ground, and my dog was just chasing it, steadily gaining on it, and finally caught up to it and jumped and caught it out of the air, like right in front of some guy. And they were like, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. And I was like, man, and I should have walked over there so I could have saw it. But anyways, that was what made my day was that she, because she did, I knew she got it because she came right back with it, you know, five minutes later. But anyways, that was cool. I wasn't, I wasn't 100% sure it was my bird that she hadn't just went and got one out of somebody's seat. Yeah. But anyways, so that was a cool story to hear. But made me proud of her. But yeah, I sat out there in the, in the middle and got some shooting in. But thing about thing about that field the way it was working was either if you sat in that spot and you missed them nobody got to shoot at them because they would go high and leave but if you sat in there and it was multiple birds came in you were able to drop one of them the rest of them would kind of stay low because the one that fell would kind of throw them off and then everybody up the line would get shooting but otherwise nobody got shooting so that was my that's how I justified it in my head, anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's not like anything was leaving. Yeah, that's what everybody was saying. Yeah, everybody around, everybody within eye shot. That's all they could tell me was, you know, is that was that guy going to be there this afternoon? This afternoon, can I have that spot? <laughs> well, I left my I left my decoys for whoever. I yeah, s- they're down there at the barn. By yeah, the way. I left them there for the day. That's what kind of guy I am. I was like, hey, share this. Leave. Want to know what kind of guy I am? <laughs> So you left for the afternoon, I stayed, took care of everybody, you know, making sure everybody's having a good time, drove everybody down to the field. Um, Oh, speaking of, before I get to that, like John Henry's daughter, Mm -hmm. there was a group of, it was some Mexican guys, three of them, that showed up in a uh, bus with some kids. Oh, I saw they were driving Uh, that van. Oh, yeah, they, they loaded up a van and brought it down. And it's kind of similar deal, a little bit obviously a little bit older than um, John Henry's daughter, but they were down there. All the all the young boys were packing BB guns. Dads were out there shooting. Um, they just were having a good time. They have a good time. Oh man, they? they were yeah, having a good I didn't time. get to talk. To and them. I was just watching them. The kids were out there shooting and shooting at empty water bottles, great. And playing around with their BB guns and. Um, after lunch, they were the first ones back in the field at like one, middle of the day, middle of the heat. Good. And Steely was like, "You want to ride down there?" And the young boys were like, "No, I think we would. We just want to walk. It's just a pretty, it's just a pretty place. We would just want to walk down there." And they'd walked with their dads down there to the field and stayed all day. They were the last ones to leave. I yeah. enjoy, I really enjoyed watching watching Good. those kids. They get to get time. some birds. They got a few. Good. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, but I took. By 3 o'clock or so, everybody that was eating lunch with us and everything was back down in the field. And I took everybody and put everybody in the spot that they wanted to be in. And then me and Steely just sat in the last spot that was available. And I also took my decoys and went and set them up over somebody else. Mm-hmm. Took it out there for them, got them all set up. And I'm just sitting off on the way backside, just just getting scraps all day. <laughs> Just trying to be a good host, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what are you trying to say? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Hey, look. I'll host you. I'll, I'll, yeah. But I'm gonna host myself too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's pretty much all I got to talk about doves. I've enjoyed the meals. The last meal I did with my last remaining doves, um, which is probably my second favorite. I think the fire over the fire so far has been the 
top meal. It's been your favorite? Top dove meal I've cooked. It was just fun and and different. I liked it a lot. I I probably prefer the kebabs a little more filling. Yeah, the uh, kebabs, I did kebabs again instead of poppers because I like kebabs. But I did, instead of an over-marinade for too long, I just did a baste with Italian dressing on my kebabs. Mm -hmm. Um, Lighter flavor. Um, You still taste the dove on it. But it's uh, you know kind of gives it that nice tang, um, so that was a really good way to do it for me. Um, so if you've got some doves and are looking for a good meal, um, and you don't have an open coal bed or anything, and you're looking for something to do, maybe do a little kebabs with just base that Italian dressing on them as they're going. And then if you want to dip it in some Italian dressing once it's done for that extra flavor, you can do that. But yeah, it was like, really good. I like a dip sometimes. Uh-huh. I did. Yeah. Uh, I cooked mine on Sunday that we had gotten Saturday. I did those very similar, and it turned out great. Yeah, thirteen doves is just enough to feed me and my wife. Um, I can't have any less than thirteen. God, so I mean that's eating. Yeah, I mean well that's filling. That's everybody getting full. That's full. Yeah, but thirteen mm-hmm. is what you got to have. I found that out. Mm-hmm. But anyways, what else we got? We want to talk about Alcoa, real quick. Yeah, we should. We should uh, mention that it's we've kind of we've talked about this off and on all year for at least this year but for years I feel like leading up to September so now was our deadline to close on the high rock portion of the Alcoa game lands 2300 acres 2310 Mm -hmm. and 41 miles of river frontage thankfully with our all our different partners, um, main partner being the Wildlife Resources Commission and NWTF and others that I'm... A bunch of others. There's a yeah. bunch of them. Don't be offended if I didn't mention you. Just mention, you know, just we'll make it We'll put out quick. a press release once it's, but, once it's a done deal with everybody. But, but the deal is, is here in about a week and a half or so, um, all goes well, we'll be closing on that 2,300-ish acres for the Wildlife Resources Commission, which means that they will accept fee ownership of all that property in perpetuity. So we were able to raise the funds for them to purchase, and it'll remain game lands forever, which the alternative was no more game lands on the Alcoa High Rock portion. So now we're super excited about that, but there's not a lot of time to celebrate because now we've got an additional two years to close on the rest of it for the Wildlife Resources Commission. So that's an some more expense. Um, part of the, one of the reasonings for going with the high rock section first was because it was actually a little more attainable as far as a goal um, monetarily. Um, and Tuckertown is a different story. It's it's bigger, more acreage, more expensive, um, just a lot more fundraising to do there. So we're trying to get at least what we could, and then go for the rest. And so that's that's what we're going to do. And uh, thankfully. All of us who enjoy public land, um, or say we enjoy public land, we were able to protect that forever. So that's great. And it'll remain public land forever. Yeah, and this is, I mean, a place that you and I both hunt for everything. Everything. Deer, turkey, ducks. Um, So come October, you know, I remember my first times hunting out there and being so proud that this is a place that we were trying to protect and conserve and being able to put my feet on it and utilize it and enjoy it. Um, but this year is going to be really gratifying. All that much sweeter. It's going to be a lot sweeter because um, it's not, it won't be theoretical at that point. It'll be a job completed. Yeah, here um, in a few weeks. Here in a few weeks, hopefully. So um, So look, look for the press release on that, and when you see it, you'll know that that's how it happened. Um, and your support, I mean, that's, you know, the people that support the land trust, I mean, that's, if you support us through just listening or monetarily, um, however you support, that's the kind of project. Just like the guys that attended the dove hunt. They all realized that, yeah, we were offering a service, but we're not outfitters. We're not trying to be. And we the, don't want to the be. money that, you know, that's the, the best thing. The money didn't go in our pocket. It went to... This exact project, projects yeah. just like this. Yeah. It was just a way to, you know, help a donor get there as far as giving them something back mm-hmm. for their donation. Yeah. 
So that's exactly what it is. All these things we do, the dove hunt, whatever. Yeah. Great. Yeah, we appreciate it. Couldn't think couldn't thank you any more than than just saying, Yeah, get out there and enjoy your public land. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is funny, man, I was just listening I was listening to uh, a different podcast this morning and advertisement came on for for another group that supports public land. And I was just thinking, you know, where where's where are these guys where are all these other groups at when we're trying to raise this money and protect public land here on the east coast nowhere to be seen as far as i'm concerned yeah so you know i'm just thankful that there's one group that is well that's i mean what we're trying to do is you know and we've said this a lot of times there's there's place for a lot of organizations um ngos and public land advocates um but if it's a project that you want done here in our area, in our neck of the woods, I wouldn't count. You can't really count on anybody else because there's nationwide projects that need their focus and stuff like that. And yeah, I'm sure a lot, a lot of times, a lot of them are going to take priority over stuff on where we're at. Yeah. Sure. Um, but that doesn't make it any less important that we conserve our places here. So that's what I'm yeah. super, you know, it's for people in the central Piedmont of North Carolina and North Carolina in general or in the regions around North Carolina that utilize this resource, which there's millions of them that go to Alcoa, hundreds of thousands, if not millions, that go to Alcoa game lands every year. Yeah. Um, the, the stat that we we figured out that we would love to talk about is it's that game land was, it was within 100 miles, 100 driving miles of 80% of the population of North Carolina. Most centrally located large tract of land probably in the state. Yep. And um, closest to the urban centers, all of the urban centers right in the smack middle. And it's utilized. And every time we go out there, you and I, you meet people. Always meeting people, whether I want to or not. (laughs) Usually not. Um, From Winston, Raleigh. Charlotte. Greensboro. A ton of guys from Charlotte. Charlotte, um, Fayetteville. Everywhere. Mm -hmm. They come from everywhere. Yep. I mean, that's for me, living in Charlotte, that's where I go that's the closest place for me to go um so i mean if you're in charlotte or you're in one of these urban centers this is your place you know it may not be right out your back door but it's as close to your back door as anywhere else in the state of north carolina for you to utilize for free and enjoy and it's good hunting too so um i wouldn't recommend it kind of sucks i wouldn't recommend going (laughs) don't go there yeah don't go there (laughs) What do you mean? It's yeah, good. yeah. It's just stay leave. away. Stay away. That's no, right. No, you should you should enjoy your public land. Yeah. Um, buy a hunting license and go. What? Uh, oh, let's talk about our one of the things we mm. we kind of received as a thank you for this kind of work. Um, Sam and I didn't go, but um, our executive director, associate director, director of conservation. Um, staff members from our recently merged um, land trust went and accepted the governor's award um, for conservationist of the year. Land conservationist. Land conservationist of the year this past Saturday afternoon. Sam was working. I was watching after a sick baby. We didn't go. But we did get this award. It's sitting in the office. It's pretty cool. It's a it's a turkey. It's a it's a nice achievement to be recognized for for hard work that everybody on the staff and not just the staff but volunteers and and members um, did to get this award. And we didn't do it for the award. Doesn't expect to get an award for anything like that. But we did get recognized and felt like it was worth mentioning. Yeah, I mean, I you know, tr- this is one thing that I think was. I don't know if we really thought about it, but I've been thinking about it, you know, especially, um, we weren't thinking about it before, but on the weekend of that award ceremony, Travis had offered spots for all of us to go, um, and the staff, only about half the staff could be there, and, you know, I don't know if that's, if it looks, if it looks bad or anything, but the deal is, we have things going on all across the region and we're putting on events and you know we're not receiving awards all the time and showing up and our whole staff can't be there because we're doing stuff on the ground 
And I think that's yeah. something I'm proud of is, you know, we're... Yeah, well, we're busy actually doing the things that we're getting an award for. Yeah, so, so you know... Going there and receiving the award is an awesome opportunity, and I'm glad a lot of our staff, um, about half of our staff could be there. But the reason the whole staff wasn't there is because we're not celebrating these awards um, and going to these things and and taking our whole staff down there and taking breaks from what we're doing. We're still doing it. Yeah. Um, and, and just stay busy. And, I could use a daggone break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, I'm tired. I'm tired. Um Man, you said something and it, it triggered something in my head, and I just kind of lost it for whatever reason there. Why did I lose it? It was good, too. Oh, I know what it was. I don't even know what you said that triggered it now. I think it was something about events. We need to talk about the event coming up this weekend. The run? Yeah, we talk about hunting all the time. Yeah. We need to talk about something else. Um, I don't even know how to throw it at you except for I'll to tell do, you. I'm ran. I'll, I'll tell you. Well, I'll tell you this much. Uh-huh. It's not for me. It's not my kind of event yeah. because... I'm not a runner because I got short legs. I'm not built for running. Never have been. Something better be chasing me. Sam, on the other hand, tall individual, cross country champion. Track. 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 I thought you did cross country. A little both. Yeah. Um, okay, we well, did it all. So play this thing up. Play it up. Lay. Set the scene first of, of you know, from the meet up through, and then you know, sell this thing because I think there's I think there's a ton of people out there. Yeah, this, and I don't, this appeals to. Uh huh. We only, you know, we, right now we're sitting at like twenty people that are going, and we need, we'd love to have more. I know, racers. love racers, racers, but we've got. Um, I'll back it up even further. We talk about this a decent amount, especially on that episode where Mikey came on and talked about membership and outreach. But we talk about hunting on this show a lot because that's what Cody and I like to spend our free time doing hunting and fishing a lot. Um, but that's not the only thing that Three Rivers Land Trust does. I mean, we... It's the only thing that I do. That's yeah, why it's on the yeah. show all the time. Yeah, but we, as an organization, do so much more than that. Um, so we've got two events coming up, and I'll touch on both of them. Um, but the deal is we have to touch every group of individual and be relevant to every group of individual that likes to use the outdoors. That's um, it. Well said. Because that's who our supporters are. It's not just hunters. It's anybody who utilizes the resource and wants to see it protected that's who our friends are so mm-hmm. um we have an event coming up this weekend that's for the runners um the runner conservationists who um uh, who want to see a protected place see a conserved property learn about the history of the region and do some running so it's a 5k and a 10 mile Okay. race. That's right. So there's two of them. It, depending on, on your speed and what you what you feel capable of doing. You or can, what you think you can win. Yeah, what you think <laughs> you can win. Um, but it is a race, and it's being put on by your wife um, and the Richmond County chapter. Yeah, I think the Richmond County chapter is kind, uh-huh. of, kind of leading the charge. Yeah, leading it. the charge. And yeah, you go out, protect, uh, or help us protect more land and do the conservation work that we're doing while running and getting the and getting a good race. I think the, tra- the trail... The loop, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. What do you call it? What do you call it? Uh, course. Is it a course? There you go. Yeah. Course. There you go. I like Yeah, that's what you call it. Mm-hmm. A course. The course for either one trails through all these historic stop-offs in Richmond County. And more importantly, well, maybe not more importantly, but as important, it winds through a ton of different conservation properties. So yeah. while you're actually doing the run, not that you're going to stop and sniff the roses because you're trying to win, but if you were to take a gander off to one side, you of the, do. one side of the trail or the other, chances are you're going to be running through a conserved property that the land trust had something to do with. Well, trail running is it's way more fun, in my opinion, than any other type of distance running. Just because you're, I mean, you, what would you rather run on? Asphalt or no, large, large chunks of protected, you know, shaded areas and beautiful conserved property. So, you know, the entry fee... To attend this event goes to conservation. You're running on properties that were conserved so you can see what type of land your dollars are going to protect. And you get to do your hobby, which is running. So, I mean, for the runners, uh, if if you're a runner and you support land conservation in our organization, um, sign up. Tell your friends who like It's not just for, like, hardcore, like, runners that are just shredded. Oh, we have somebody who just signed up who's in their 70s. 
Yeah, so that, you don't have to run to win. You can just come and, to do. But do maybe it she's hardcore. I, well, I, yeah, I'm not like judging. I'm just. Yeah. I'm just she saying, might be. She might win. I don't I'm know. just. I'm more or less asking. Yeah. So like a guy like me signs up, knowing for a fact I'm not going to win. I might not even be in the. Top. You could go for a walk. If there's 25 people, I might be number 30. You know how we did like those. I, there'll be a few people lap me. You know how we did those paddle races, and we named, we called them paddle races. Yeah. And then like 50 percent of the people would show up, and they're like, just to do a float. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's basically what the run is too. Okay, I mean, you can walk if you want to. So there's going to be a handful of like nobody's going to be like in the back like hurry up. Yeah, like with a whip. Okay, all right. Well, that makes me feel better about it. I like the sound of that better. Yeah, um, well, you can go for a stroll, a five k stroll. You guys if you want got to. Uh, stop off points for drinks and that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know what? Um, you know how many miles a five k is, dude. Why are you asking me this on air? I don't know. Okay. I guess it's I don't like know. a little over three. Like 3.1? Yeah, I was yeah. guessing three. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, how fast do you think you run a 5K? Three miles. Three mi- Run? Yeah. If you're like, if it, you're trying to win. Oh, I have no idea. I don't know. I, I didn't. I used to know this when I was in high school. When I what was your high school? Well, yeah. If you think, if you like peak. I don't know. I could probably do an eight minute mile. No problem. Three fours? Yeah, I think I could do eight three, minutes. three consecutive eight minute miles. I don't know about three in a row now. Probably not now. Yeah, I mean, I imagine I could walk a mile faster than most people, but running one. You think a little over eight minutes mile? You think you do a twenty five right now? Twenty six? Maybe. That's good. That's pretty good. It's not bad. I mean, it's not that I'm in bad shape. I just don't run, so I don't know. I don't know the clientele. Let me put it this way: the only thing I know to compare it to is when I do the pack test every year for my red card for yeah. Wildland Fire. So that is 45-pound pack you got to carry, and you can't run. You're not allowed to run. And you got to complete it in X number of minutes, a mile. Well, does that mean that one foot has to be on the ground at all times? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know there's like speed walking in the Olympics? That's it's kind of like that. Yeah, yeah they're uh-huh. kind of based on the same thing. Uh-huh. And it's – but with that – the added just weight vest because everybody's wearing a weight vest pretty much now. I've done it a couple of years with a book bag with forty five pounds in it. Way different. Yeah. I prefer the vest. Yeah. But some years I haven't had access to a weight vest, and one year I had access to one and the vest fell apart, like the straps that were holding the weights on. So I had to put them in my pockets, and just ruined a pair of pants. I'm Absolutely sure. ruined a pair of pants, but sure. still made it because you had to carry them. I couldn't just like tote them in my arms. Yeah. So I had weights in my hands, weights in my pockets. It's ridiculous. That's awful. Yeah, I think somebody rigged it. And I, 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 I wouldn't. I'm not gonna name names on here, but I know who did it. Mm-hmm. It was on purpose. You sure? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was like, oh, this is gonna be funny. Let's see how he makes it now. He thinks he's hot. <laughs> Man, I would be hot if well, somebody did that to me. Yeah, and I had bronchitis that year when I was doing it. But no, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know who we have well, showing th- up. How do you think you would do? You ask me. How would you do on a, on a phone? Oh case? man, gosh. What's your time? Mm. Look, I'm not going to use this as a as a to talk about my glory days. Um, my time now would not be very good. Eight I'm minutes? Sure. You'd be eight minutes, huh? Oh, I think I could be. I think I'd be faster than eight minutes. Well, I would hope so. You're twice as you got twice the leg I got. I think I think if I could run. I think if I could run right now, after not running in two years, if I could run a twenty-four, twenty-three, eight minutes or so per mile, I'd be happy with that. I think that's I think that's good running. I don't. I mean, hell, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guys. What's somebody gonna do when they show up and they're gonna be? What's what's a what's a runner gonna? When come? I was running, when I was running in college. Yeah. What's stuff? a yeah? What's a runner gonna show up and do? Um. I mean, you would. You weren't even. You weren't even close. If you weren't in the sixteens, low sixteens. Really. Yeah. So that's God. That's four. Five minutes, yeah. Four or five minutes, mm-hmm. a mile. Yeah, that's fast. Yeah. That's fast. Yeah. What's uh? What's a ten? What's a ten k? What's what's that looking 10K, like? Ten k. Um. What's a what's a fast time on a ten k? Gosh, man, it's been so long. You put me on the spot here. I ran in college. I ran mostly. I was track guy. I was short distance, so I was running four hundred, which is quarter mile, mm-hmm. was my event. Um, God, ten k. I, you better be under 30. 30 minutes. You better be in the 28s. 30 minutes. Yeah. 10K. No kidding. Yeah. 
Yep, better be in the 29s, 30s. That's fast. Yeah. That's fast. Yeah. That's way fast. Yeah. How long? I mean, if you want to be like, if you want to be, you know, competing, if you want to be trying to win collegiately. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I was just curious. I don't know. I've not been in the running world ever. I don't yeah. even own a. Let me tell you this. I don't even own a pair of tennis shoes. No, excuse me. You said 10k. 10K. What the college athletes run is an 8k. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Is the distance? So that was an 8k. So time. probably so like 27s, 28s. So we're guessing probably 40 like five miles. miles. Yeah. yeah, 40 minutes or something for yeah. a 10k. Less than that, probably. Yeah. That's still fast. Oh yeah. So, anyways, if you're look, if you're a runner or not a runner like me, but you're looking to get into running, I think this is probably a great option. The other one, yeah, the other one is we just had a few dropouts, and this is like hot off the news, oh, I don't hot even off know the what press. Say. Um, few dropouts for the through hike, and oh, I don't really? know, and I don't know what our situation is on the there wait, wait list? list I don't think there's I think there's a few open spots that could be on the through hike for really? the through hike which filled up in March that's a 40 mile four day um, backpacking trip through the Uwaris on a trail a historic, not a race this is not, not a, a no this is just chilling yeah. but um, on a trail that we've protected like eight miles well what we have re- restored like eight miles yeah, to this historic trail uh-huh, reconnected yeah. And we're like one piece away from fully reconnecting that trail, but it's been like a going thing that we've done for six years, uh, and have done a, a lot of work trying to reconnect this trail. We have like a hundred people coming to do this four-day backpacking trip, and right now we're sitting at ninety-five. Had some drops, so like I would call yeah, today. Yeah, our state magazine supposedly coming out to do a piece on it. Really? Yes, I just saw an email about it this nice. morning. So well, I mean, yeah, we. If you want to come to that, I would call like today or yesterday yeah. to try to get in because I'm sure it'll I, fill up it in a fill, second. It fills up. I didn't even know that was. I just learned about that yesterday. Who's uh, who's sweeping this year? You, Steely? Steely. I'm Steely's sure. going to do yeah. it. Yeah. It's just, it occurs during So the there's, season. yeah, going back to going back to what we were talking about earlier, it's another thing, another demographic of outdoors person, the hiker, the backpacker that we. Kind of our traditional follower. Of a land trust mm-hmm. has been hikers. Mm-hmm. I mean, no kidding. Mm-hmm. And seems like some of our oldest members, as far as longevity of being with the land trust, come mm-hmm. from this group, mm-hmm. which is great. And they have a they've got this thing dialed into a science. That's why it's such a good event. Yeah, um, I feel like our dove hunting's getting down to a science. At least the organization of it, I've not. The most compliments we've ever had has been on how well organized it is. Yeah. People love. I mean, last year obviously it had tons of birds, and so there was not a. I think the sour face in the bunch. Yeah, I think the good balance is. It's something we've talked about a lot. Being organized, but not too organized. Yeah. And that, you know, we don't want to be putting you in a spot. We don't want to say you're sitting here and you have to stay here. We we preach safety and we preach you know um, this pretty strict on some things like if you break a rule or you're acting unsafe yeah, or you're same, arguing safety rules are not negotiable or if you're arguing with somebody and not being a good sportsman you're out. But if you're staying and being safe and staying you know respectful, you can kind of operate how you want and move around a little bit and be free to go and talk to your buddies and stuff like that and um it, it's been, it's worked well for the last two years so. yes yeah, it's, it's the way we like to do it and it gives people the opportunity to make their own mistakes on where they sit yeah it's not <laughs> on know? us which is what i like about it i don't want to be the guy responsible for putting somebody in a spot that may not be as good but any hot tips hot tips yeah i give since we talked so much about dove hunting I'm by no means an expert dove hunter or shooter, but I will say when it comes to taking game on the wing or shooting clays, clay pigeons, whatever it may be, that when you're selecting your firearm and choke and load, select based on what you're going to do. Don't go out there on a dove hunt with your turkey choke with your fullest tightest choke and by choke I mean the constriction at the end of the barrel that represents how wide of a shot pattern you're going to have 
Go out there with something pretty open. And if you haven't practiced much, go out there with something really open. That way, and then just take short shots, close shots. Um, for the people, for the people who may not know about chokes and maybe new to wing shooting, let's go through the list of chokes and then just kind of talk from, about which ones are good for which. So improve we'll start, cylinder. Start from most open. So okay. cylinder, cylinder, yeah. which is no constriction whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Then, and for people also that don't know, chokes are interchangeable. On so some guns, on so some, some guns, guns it's fixed. The mm-hmm. barrel is whatever the barrel is. Mm-hmm. But on modern shotguns. They offer screw-in, screw-out chokes, like Sam said, so you can actually interchange them. So cylinder would be just the barrel. Yep. No, it's no constriction. It's a sleeve. If it's a screw-in choke, it is a choke that yeah. goes in the gun, but mm-hmm. it doesn't constrict at all. The next one's improved cylinder, which is a tad bit tighter. Um, and I think you run an improved. That's what I recommend for dove hunting. I yeah. mean, especially early season birds. Yeah. And actually, for most bird hunting, I recommend improved cylinder. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a great it, you're good out to 40 yards. Yeah. I mean, who needs to shoot farther than 40 yards in a dove dove situation? Mm-hmm. Nobody, really. Um, next next modified. up is modified. Modified is your all-around. That's what I was running. That's your catch-all, middle-of-the-road constriction. That's what most people run in almost all situations, and especially waterfowl hunting. Modified's where you're at because you really – any tighter than that, and it really – messes up your pattern when you're shooting steel but then you know you go improve modified which is a tad tighter than modified um, and then you got full full constriction doesn't mean the barrel is completely closed up it's just the tightest you can go and then there's you can get into extra full and all these custom things after that but full is like for shooting a stationary target at a distance of 50 yards not this not really something you would want to use in a wing shooting situation now granted if you're an excellent shot and you're hunting a field by yourself where you may need to take some shots that are farther on doves you know if you're if you're confident in making shots with a full choke tube then by all means guys do it and gals do it but it's not something i recommend especially for opening day so or, improved is your go-to dove improved or modified type. either yeah. either i i I actually switched between the two both days. You carry them with you. Yeah, I carry them with Because, you know, one thing that you got into during our hunt was they were flying high, yep. and people would shoot as soon as they entered the field, and they would flare up and get long Get even shots. higher. So yep. you actually went and switched out yep. your choke tubes from an improved to a modified for those longer birds. So yep. carrying what you think you might need um, based on, you know, when conditions or the situation changes um, on your person during the hunt is a pretty – yeah, it works good thing out to great. Do. Mm-hmm. And then my other little tip on, well, the rest of my tip with wing shooting is um, practice, A, but B, when you're shooting doves, let them get as close as they're going to get. Uh, they're, I mean, unless they're flying right at your face, let them get in there nice and close so you got a great opportunity. Um, and then take your time. Your shotgun's going to be faster than a dove most of the time. So take your time, and then when you down a bird, go look for it. Mm, that's good. That's one. my that's my biggest pet peeve, and it's a pet peeve I encountered a little bit this weekend. Not that much, but um, I did take my dogs and find some birds for some other people um, that just didn't even go look for them. So look for a bird. Give it give it the justice it deserves, and spend thirty minutes on it even if you're going to miss out because a bird in the hands better than none right yeah i mean you could be hunting and we talked about this on the last one but it's so fresh in my brain because it happened to me a few times i lost a couple of birds um and there's nothing you can do about it it happens but you got to do your due diligence to try to find them um you shoot you pull the trigger and you see one fold up and let's say there's a group of two or three and this is this happened to me a few times and led to really hard finds for me. Was I shoot the first one, it starts dropping, and I turn my eyes to the next one, and I'm shooting at that bird, and I'm not watching where the first one drops. Uh, if you don't, you know, if you're new to it and you don't, you aren't confident that you know exactly where it's going to go, don't pull the trigger again and really mark the exactly where that bird lands because you you think you may know exactly where it is. And then you go right to where you thought it was and take five minutes and you still haven't found it. Yep. Um, so uh, that's, that's a good tip for sure. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's my tip. Anyways, so, you uh, you got any? I already ran too. I think during anything the, else during the thing. Um, shot size maybe. Um, but I mean that's we talked enough hunting. We can talk about that later. Yeah, so. I mean dove hunting it is what it is. I will say that now that the opening week this is will be over, our last dove podcast over for the with. Year. We won't be talking dove hunting anymore. Um, and most guys won't be going dove hunting anymore, which is fine with me. Oh, I got one. Go ahead. This weekend, uh, my buddy Mac Dazzle has invited me to go down and shoot doves in Georgia. Oh, I'd go. I'm going. Yeah, and I'm going to watch. So I got a big weekend. I got a big weekend planned up. This it's not com- this coming. Yeah, it's okay. not very often that I uh, we have free weekends. So I'm really excited. I got a board meeting on Friday. I know. Friday after the board meeting, I'm packing up, going home, um, to pick up my Georgia Bulldog Year 2019-2020 National Champions. Going to happen this year. Mm-hmm. This, this year's the year. Georgia Bulldogs. Hey, I'm gonna pull for you too. I like. Them. I like you like the dogs. Yeah, I like Georgia. Um, to go watch them play Arkansas State on Saturday. So I'm going to drive down to Athens Saturday morning, watch the dogs, drive up to Livonia, Georgia, and Sunday we'll be shooting doves over there and then driving yeah, back that's right. In. They can hunt on Sunday. Uh-huh. Yeah. How about that? We need to talk about that at some point. Blue laws. Different state, different just, state rules. Just blue laws. and. Mm-hmm. Sunday hunting and that kind of thing. So, not today though. We're going to lunch. All right, later. If you're like us, you're riding down the road listening to the podcast on your commute. When you get to where you're going, don't forget like us on Facebook. Check us out at our website, threeriverslandtrust.org. There you can find out about all the events we're putting on, all the conservation work we're doing, how you can get involved, and how you can help. We'd love to meet like-minded individuals and get you involved in conservation. Till next time.